Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Matt and Matt and Matt Podcast. James Bonding has returned. I'm Matt Gorley. I'm Matt Myra. We're back. Hell, we never left. This is a little bit of a check-in episode to announce something nice and special coming up. Did I do that right? Did I say my name correctly? I think so. It's been so long. (laughs) I haven't used my name since the last time I recorded an episode of this. Do you know when this podcast started, Matt Gorley? Do you remember what year it was? Oh my God. It was either, because it was right after Skyfall came out that we started kind of brainstorming this. So it was either late 2012 or early 2013. Did we do this in 2012? I think I think we did. I think this is our 10-year podcast-versary. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that like... I was saying it to Dory the other night. I was like, she's like, how long have we do that podcast? I was like, I don't know, like... Uh, 10 years? <laughs> Just like, what? <laughs> we'll take that, Connery, Lazenby, and Dalton. We're in that dark period between Bonds that, like, it's, it's, I would call it a, yeah, it's a drought of information and uh, anticipation. There is none. I would say there's no anticipation because we don't even have a name of a Bond. And now it's His Majesty's Secret Service, which is awkward. Yes, and I was thinking about a new Bond movie could be called On His Majesty's Secret Service, or better yet, and I think I saw someone wrote this on Twitter, I forget who, For King and Country. Oh, that's a good name. It's kind of classy. I like that. It's romantic. I know. Really... When you think King and Country, you think of it in some greater sense, not actually like nothing against him, but King Charles. Bond is doing all this for King Charles. There's an element of it that's like less it's less romantic certainly i don't know less classic although i was thinking back fleming i guess when fleming even wrote casino royale we were still we were that was the reign of queen elizabeth yeah everything bond literary and cinematic was in the reign of elizabeth the second that is bananas (laughs) i'm so glad he got to help her parachute into the olympics (laughs) yes and so speaking of a Grand rain. Yeah. We have some James Bonding news. We finally reattained all of the back catalog of James Bonding from Stitcher. And the folks there were nice enough to work with us. They were really helpful in moving it over into 
Acast as a publishing platform who have been just wonderful as well. And that means no more paywall, no more pay for James Bondy. This stuff is all going to be brought out and re-released starting this week, Wednesday, October 5th, official James Bond day. And all of it's going to come out starting from the beginning weekly. And that means on Wednesday, you'll get episode zero, which is us discussing the origins of James Bonding. And then episode one, Dr. No with Paul F. Tompkins. Unbelievable. It's a dream. It's kind of like, I feel like one of those, like, uh, you know, you read those stories about like John Fogarty and the Creedence Clearwater Revival master tapes and the, and the song publishing rights. I feel like I were finally able to perform on the road again. Like it really, it, I never thought we'd get them back. In all honesty, I thought they were just sort of like gone. I know they're out of the Stitcher dungeon and they've busted free out into the Acast horizons. I, it's fascinating to like, I'm like kind of excited to like listen to them again and sort of see where the, where we were at. What was, what was our bond appetite? What was it like back then? Did we slowly get broken or are we, or do we have the appetite still? I don't even, I don't know. Well, I still love Bond just as much as I always have. You know, like anything you like with time, it ebbs and flows. So because the movies are in a bit of an ebb, probably my engagement with it is a little bit low. Do you think that the, now if I remember correctly, in the first run of our show, we did, we went we bookended and kept meeting at the middle. That's exciting. So the week after Dr. No will be Skyfall, I'm guessing. Yes, with Steve Agee. Wow. And then Ugh. it was From Russia With Love with Jonah Ray. Oh, my goodness. And then I think Quantum of Solace with Emily Gordon. Oh, my God. Wow. We had... Who did Casino did we, Didn't we do that with Amanda? Oh, yeah. Amanda and Maria. Oh, my God. That's one of the best episodes. Yeah. And then it's Goldfinger with Ali and Georgia, which was one of our most divisive and controversial episodes. You know what? You know what's funny about that episode is I bet listening to it now, it will neither be controversial nor divisive. <laughs> yeah, I think now time has borne some of its findings out. Yeah, that's cool. It's going to be wow. So do we have then beyond those episodes, there will eventually be that second season of commentaries. Like people have a lot of content coming out. There's 118 episodes. Oh my God. Is that true? I just remember the day that I checked our feed and I know we know I looked in and I had no episodes in there <laughs> and they just disappeared. And I was like, what happened? Really felt like Spectre came in and did some, some nastiness to our feed. <laughs> Since we're now so far removed from No Time to Die, now that you can stream it anytime you die or want to die. <laughs> uh, how are you with it? How, how does that? Um, I still really like it. I will say, though, that I don't go back and rewatch it much, which I used to do a lot with the Craigs when they would hit streaming. I have to say that I hadn't, I haven't watched it in a long, long time, probably since the, we last recorded it was the last time I watched it. And then I saw on the, on prime last night, I was looking or two nights ago, uh, it started playing the trailer. 
the, the and if you've seen this trailer they cut together for Prime, it's it's a very lengthy trailer and it starts with like Judy Dench and Casino Royale narration and then it goes into like every, you know, everything where it's like you just feel like they're really patting themselves on the back for going like, see what we did here when it was clearly not a plan. I mean, not in the same way that Star Wars wasn't a plan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least Broccoli and Wilson uh, managed to connect it in a way that was like, oh, OK. Yeah. And we're going to see all these 60 year retrospective things like there's a documentary on the sound of Bond coming out on Wednesday on Bond Day. Ooh. Did they get all the licensing? Are we going to hear it all? I assume they did. Oh, yeah. It's an official Eon thing with all, you know, the major players are being interviewed and musicians. It looks great. And then there's, of course, the like amazing race James Bond whirlwind adventure, too. So who knows what that'll be like? I'm like, I'm like literally like, what? This is news to me. I, <laughs> I bet every listener of this podcast knows more about this stuff than we do at this point. Do you have like a how do you like does this stuff? I'm assuming a lot of this stuff just gets like tweeted at you. Well, I barely look at I don't look at anything anymore, anymore. That's the problem. So I know. I do have a like news aggregator on my mm-hmm. phone that I subscribe to a number of James Bond sites and blogs. So when I remember to check that, that's how mm-hmm. I get my Bond news as well. It does feel like a it feels weird being so disconnected from it. But in the sense of like I don't, I, there's nothing I thought or had, maybe I'm thinking incorrectly. There's nothing going on, but as no, you're telling me, the 60th, there's stuff going on. Well, it's all retrospective, this 60th anniversary stuff that's happening. So on Wednesday, the fifth would have been 60 years to the day that Dr. No was released in cinemas. Whoa. Yeah. That is ridiculous. And there's now, I mean, who do we have left here? I guess we've got, uh. Just Moore and uh, Connery have gone to the other side, huh? Yeah, although George Lazenby recently got booted from a Q&A at the, at the end of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Did you hear about this? No, tell me. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, his stories about Bird, Dog, and Sheila's have not aged as well as he might have hoped. So he was doing some Q&A. And normally he'll do this for you know screenings of On Her Majesty's Secret Service with Bond fans. But this, I think, was from some festival that wasn't 100% that. And sure. they, they literally stopped a mid Q&A and said, thanks, that'll be enough. Because the audience was like rumbling and kind of <laughs> shuffling in their seats and complaining. And <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, he's a dinosaur. Wild. He's never going to change. But there's a part of me that's just like, okay, yeah. I mean, let him, let him go I mean- and let him get taken off stage i love it, it all. is it's really it's very funny to think about this like yeah because yeah. those stories i mean even the lazenby doc like it's just like should you be should you be saying this out loud all the time now yeah no. but of course it's him yeah you know, of course he is yeah i was watching the u.s open uh you know tennis and the one of the commentators was like saying how uh, they had just had a lovely uh, birthday or something and or w- wedding. And then like also, oh, no, she was saying happy birthday to George Lazenby. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, what? what? She's like, yeah, the father of my kids, George Lazenby. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh, my God. 
And then my Dory was like, yeah, 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 that's, uh, uh, God, I forget her name. I think Shriver. She was married to George Lazenby for a little while and they had like kids, I want to say like in the year 2002. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you can't stop. You can't. I mean, it's what you, I mean, I wonder if like, I wonder what tales other male models of that era have. I know, I'm sure. He's the only James Bond I've ever met. Uh, I met Craig. I did. I met Daniel Craig. Lazenby, I didn't. I, I never met him. I saw him in person at a Q&A, but never met him. And then I shook his hand and got the soundtrack vinyl of Honor Majesty's signed by him. That's 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 a good get. Yeah, that's a really good get. I mean, I have Sean Connery's shoes, so whatever. It's cool. What? <laughs> From Never Say no, Never it? Again. I have his shoes. That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> they're oh my they're god. over there. They're over. <laughs> they're over in a corner over there. It's wow. like, what do you do with them? I don't know. I just I just hold on to them. Occasionally, put them on when I. When I feel a little saucy and I maybe want to slap a woman, which I would never do, I put those shoes on. <laughs> they remind yes. me. This is no these are not the shoes I want to walk a mile in. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else is new bond wise? I'm trying well, I, to I'm think. still I just still can't get over the fact that they decided to kill James Bond. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. So what side do you come down on that now? Is that does that age well with you? What are no. we a year out? We're literally a year out. Yeah, it just it just felt it it still to this day it feels like an unnecessary end to that character, but like an appropriate end to that actor. Yeah, I think that's for that reason. I still still like it, and I think it seems like the Bond world maybe is probably fifty fifty. Which is interesting that they were able to pull off something so kind of and get it to be that. Yeah, that's that is wild to think about. Because when I watched it, I was like, "This, this, is anyone gonna? Is are we okay with this?" And I look around, and like <laughs> it was an afternoon screening, and I was sort of by myself. Like, okay, uh, I guess was, I guess this is what happened. Everybody, okay. I start talking to myself as I walk out of the grove. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda cried when we saw it, and you know, I think I teared up a little bit too. And, uh, uh, I mean, part of it is the end of an era. You really feel that end of an era. Yes, I agree with that. But it also felt like such. Uh, I don't know. It's a really a bold. It's a bold move. I apl- I applaud them for that. Yeah, for like agreeing to it, which I feel like they like. It's wild to me that Broccoli and Wilson were like, okay. I think that was the only way they're going to get Craig back, and they were probably like, and they had nothing to lose on a last Craig movie, right? You, That's you, very true. But now this the the question becomes, and this is very early to be speculating in any way, shape, or form about what happens next with the franchise regarding the next Bond. But like, you don't you don't think they do another Casino Royale oh. thing, do you? I hope not. All I know is that they've said that they want someone younger that can commit sure. to a 10 to 12 year run. So it does seem like they're really trying to grandfather that in. You know me. I'm in, so I'm in, in Daniel Craig of, in, in Daniel Craig terms, that's two movies. <laughs> I know. 
I mean, you hope all their legal woes are over and they could just just do in 12 years it would be nice if they could pull out four movies with three years between. Well, it's interesting. Then, like if they set the factory up, you know, anything yeah. like Marvel. Yeah. I mean, oh. and you know, did you hear that they're, um, they said likely Purvis and Wade will work on the next bond as well. In a way, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm still of the camp of just give me, give me like at least three movies, mm-hmm. one to two years apart with mm-hmm. three different Bond actors in three different eras. So you got Idris Elba in a more modern setting, Michael Fassbender in the late 50s, um, this, this is, Emily Blunt <laughs> in the 90s. I don't know. I'll take is it. This you know? a, is this a common thought of what they might do? It's common in my head. <laughs> That's where I'm like, man, I want to get in there with you and see what that's like. Because that yeah, is not I something I would have is. ever imagined. No. I mean, part I of me know. was like, once the Amazon deal happened, I was like, oh, does this now open it up to them doing, you know, a Q Branch series or a... I think if Amazon had it their way, yes. And Broccoli's are, I think, still resisting that. You know, all of this is what you can glean from their kind of cryptic quotes about everything. But... Yeah. I mean, let I, me ask you this. Yeah. If you had to, because probably you and I, I haven't watched much Bond recently, just because, right. like you said, it's kind of like that, that lull between. If you're going to get off this podcast and put on one Bond movie right now, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Me too. I lean, myself. I think I lean octopusy weirdly <laughs> oh wow weirdly lovely <laughs> lovely oh my god that's great it just is like mm. a happy time of bond you know because it's like yeah. it's like in that in that not the middle of the run but towards the end of the run but like you know you're sandwiched behind the leather bound cover of george lazenby and timothy dalton and you're just all in those right. deep more pages and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> let's have a pun Every yeah. 45 seconds. <laughs> I think I'm more in the, the like kind of subtle camp. I'd either go from Russia with love or living daylights right now for some reason. It's because I want fall to come in and I want it to be kind Ugh. of cool and crisp and, you know. I, I, I keep waiting for fall and LIC is like next weekend. It's going to be like 95 again. Yeah. Which I feel like awful. is just what we're what we signed up for by being you know humans who've destroyed the earth like it is what it is i thought you were gonna say what we signed up for for living here but i was born here i had no choice well yeah (laughs) i say i do say that often to dory i'm like what what are we doing here Yeah, I know. I know. I I just out to some other town. Why am I not living here? I talk into this thing for a living essentially now and I can do this from anywhere. Yeah, I know. And yet I Listen, still you don't have to tell me. <sighs> Whatever. It's all it's No, all I do love LA. I love LA. <laughs> but we still <laughs> need it. We need a bond to come to LA more than just the airport. <laughs> and 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 Drax's mansion and wherever that's supposed to be Valencia or something I don't know where the hell that's supposed it to was be. a it was a functioning restaurant at the time right when he when he landed there <laughs> oh the um the who was that Paul Williams the architect that did that yeah. LAX cool was diner it? yeah 
top of the world. No, that's not what it's called. Whatever. Remember they fly from LAX to Drax's imported French giant chateau, but they don't say quite where that is. I don't think. And it feels like it's like Valencia or Santa Clarita or somewhere. And also he moved, he, he, if I, did Drax, if I remember correctly, did Drax have that brought brick by brick from France? Yes, Yes, I believe so. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's the, that's hilarious. William Randolph Hearst of it all is very funny to me. I know. So it must've been San Simeon, right? Oh yeah. Maybe it was that high up. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you stick that together, you're right. Yeah. Do um, you think that, well, actually, you know, it's funny as I was thinking about this this morning, cause I knew we were recording today and I was out, I was golfing by myself as I often do. Cause I, what, what ball were you playing? <laughs> I wish I was playing a Slosser seven, but I was playing a okay. Titleist Pro V1. Um, the, uh, I was thinking about how much more of a, you would have gotten these beautiful shots that like showcased the, whatever clubs he was using and like who was ma- like I was thinking about all the marketing oh, yeah. they missed out on all the oh I know all that stuff and like it's such a bummer now because like you go and you, Slossinger used to be like a great golf company and now yeah. they're like they make like their balls are like the worst. Yeah, they're the cheapest and they don't go that far and they're like hitting little rocks around. Um, And it's just funny to think about like a thing like that. That was like it must have been in the 60s. It must have been the peak of golf equipment, whatever Bond was playing. Right. Of course. Yeah. And you look at it now and if like if you find one in the woods, throw it back because it's no good. (laughs) It's that kind of a situation. (laughs) Because I remember buying wow. a bag, like I was like, "Oh, I get, I'm gonna get a box of Slossingers and see how they are." And they were like, it was ten bucks, and they were uh. some of the worst balls I've ever hit. <laughs> I wonder if the, uh, I wonder who made. Although it was probably, do you think it was probably like a bespoke Scottish golf club maker that made Sean Connery's Golden Goldfinger clubs? Probably, yeah. Do you, oh, have you heard about the 60th anniversary Macallan uh, scotch bottles they're putting out? Oh, my God. No, please tell me. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay, so there's six of them, and they're each a different decade of the cinematic bond, but, but the whiskey's the same in each bottle. And I looked at them like, okay, I love whiskey. I love James Bond. I'm getting sure. this. But then when you find out the price tag, I was I can't. I just can't. It's a thousand and seven dollars oh. per bottle. Six thousand and thirty-two dollars oh. for all six decades. It's the same whiskey in each one. That's so dumb. There's so many promotional things coming up. Plus, there's that Christie's auctions. Did you see any of that? Like they no. sold an Aston Martin. Oh god, oh, they had so god. much stuff. They had a set of all Daniel Craig's five bow ties. <laughs> From his tuxedos. <laughs> How much did a set of Daniel Craig's bow ties go for? I'm not sure, but I was tempted. But again, it's like I just can't justify it. The uh, those I would wear at some point. Sure. Well, that that you could. Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing you can wear because when you're in a situation with a bow tie, chances of spilling something on a bow tie are <laughs> very true. slim. I don't know how you would get it there. You know, yeah. you'd have to have. I- an angry wine thrown in your face to stain it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think if I weren't, weren't getting married, I mean, if I was getting married prior or after uh-huh. that, and uh-huh. I had the money, that would be a reason to do it. But what's the next time I wear a tux? My funeral? <laughs> that's, well, that's not a bad Noted, idea. by the way. That's what you choose to be married in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have to let everyone know. Matt, he wanted to be buried in a tuxedo. Really? Is that going to be comfortable in the afterlife? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Get in the white white shirt. Uh so John Letters were the name of the clubs, and it was a Scottish guy on the outskirts of Glasgow that made clubs. <laughs> oh man, I wonder, I wonder what those go for now. Like some other clubs by that guy. Let's see. Uh, that golf club, the the club that they play at in the movie, sold last year for, for seventy nine million dollars. Are you serious? Yeah. $79 million? Oh, you, I, I mean, by the way, the house. I mean, the course. I'm oh, talking about the course oh and God. the club. When I say the club, when I say oh. the club, <laughs> I, should, I should. It's a lot of club talk here. Oh, I get it. God. We're talking about the building, all 14 tennis courts. <laughs> okay. And the golf you. course itself. But that said, right, $79 million for that, which is a pretty cool thing from Goldfinger to own. <laughs> yeah, like you know, you're gonna own anything like, from Goldfinger. Hey, I have the uh, golf course. <laughs> I mean, Come. short of Fork Knox and all of its, but like so that that just made me think to myself. Okay, so what does what did the last DB five that sold at auction from James Bond? This is at Christie's just last week, I think. Uh, let's see. I, I want to okay. say it was like so then, tw- no, 29 million or something. Oh my God. Really? I, I could be wrong. That's amazing, by the way. I could be wrong. Uh, okay. Cause in August and, of and 20, August of 2022, Sean Connery had an Aston Martin DB5 himself. He owned it privately. One of the film ones? Uh, unclear. Uh, but it was sold by the Connery estate, and all the proceeds go to went to the Sean Connery Philanthropy Fund. Uh, it sold for $2.4 million, but that's not one of the ones used in the movie. Hmm. So what I want to know is, hmm... What did the last... Okay, I can tell you it couldn't have been $29 because the, the whole... S- Christie's auction raised six million one hundred and three thousand five hundred pounds. Aston Martin. Oh, it went for two point nine two two million pounds. Two point nine two two million. So, I mean, really, you could have the golf course or like thirty of those. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Because I kind of feel like oh. that's pretty, that's pretty good value as far as I'm concerned of owning something from a James Bond movie, owning the golf course. Oh yeah, like Are you kidding, but what an overhead! How? <laughs> yeah, but it's also like it's functional in the sense of like you that's you true. operate it and it brings in money, etc. 
Whereas, like, if you spend $3 million on... And the Aston Martin, by the way, that was sold for $3 million yeah. was the one from No Time to Die that is all scratched uh, up and has many oh, a wow. bullet hole. Oh, you're right. Do you want to hear some of these others? Yes, so please. So, the Fabergé egg from Octopussy was expected to reach 10,000 pounds. It sold for 327,000 pounds. <laughs> You telling me octopus is not received? I don't know which one. <laughs> is it the fake one or the real finally one? Go, <laughs> finally getting its due. Uh, the Q jet boat from World is Not Enough, 126,000. Oh, uh, that's too much. The Aston Martin V8 from No Time to Die, which I would love to have. Yes. Uh, 60, 630,000. The Omega Seamaster. Like yeah. Diver, 300. Meters double yep. seven edition. Um, that's 226,000. What and the tri- Triumph Scrambler 1200 from No Time to Die Motorcycle 138,000. Oh my god, yeah, that's oh, there's a oh, crazy. there's a second round of the auction on October 5th, Matt. You better be careful. <laughs> I uh. There's, they're selling, by the way, the miniature of the BMW 750IL from Tomorrow Never Dies, which has oh, an wow. estimate of uh, $8,000 to $11,500. It's 15 oh. inches high and 49 inches long. Oh, my God. So Here's that's what they like drove they've got off some, the roof. <laughs> oh, my God. There's some amazing things. There's a menu from the Cafe Martinique from Thunderball. <laughs> Sure. Estimate 800 to 1,200 pounds. That, see, I love stuff like that. Um, n- n- um, let's see. Like, oh, is there Moonraker Drax crew belt buckle? <laughs> <laughs> Fabric Zorin patch. Oh my God, the cello case from Living Daylights. Oh my God. Wait, Do you know how much here's the f- Tomorrow Never Dies stunt model? <laughs> $10,000. That's what it went for? Or is that like that's what it's going to what it's that's going what their it's opening bid. bid is. It's it's bid there's 11 bids $10,000. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That is an interesting um, time. That's a, It's it's weird that they don't tell you which Fabergé egg it is. I know. Maybe they do. I, I was just reading the headlines. Lots of is Bond it, suits. There's Silva suits. Um, I, uh, uh, ooh, okay. So it's the fake one. Oh, it is. Because it's the, uh, with a hinged cover enclosing a miniature carriage adorned with white crystals on a spring-loaded disc revealing a hidden compartment mounted to it on a wire stand. So it's of the, oh, that's, <laughs> of the eggs that's in that actually, movie. That's even cooler, I think. <laughs> Oh my god! Wow. Well, I wonder if anything um, like I wonder if they sold anything that was like, oh, this did very poorly. Yeah, nothing looks nothing looks like it sold underestimate as I as I do a quick peruse here. I bet if they sold that tiny little tie that Daniel Craig wore in the Desert of Spectre that comes <laughs> down to his nipples. <laughs> There's a guy, we were, Dory and I went to a charity event the other, on Saturday. 
and uh, there was a gentleman that was there that must have been six foot eight. Oh and, my god! And uh, Dory's like, "What do you think he does?" And I was like, "Makes ties look tiny." <laughs> <laughs> Professional, yeah, tiny tie looker making my god. It was like I was just like, "Oh my god!" And like, you think about like having to like lean down constantly to talk to people it's 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 i don't know i don't want to say it's a nightmare yeah. but it's a nightmare to be tell it to richard keel <laughs> oh the late great richard keel yeah, yeah we've lost a lot of we've lost we're losing everybody slowly I but know. surely as time i mean creeps on we could close this episode out with who we've lost since last we spoke i'm trying to remember <laughs> jesus um, who, we, who died in this past year? Besides the character of James Bond, who died? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like there's a bunch, but I can't think of who they are. Did Tanya Roberts die before or after No Time to Die? Oh, this that's- are really ham That's a good question. In memoriam service. <laughs> this is- I'd like to say thank you to everyone who worked in a James Bond movie but also died. Uh, you guys were great. Uh, ooh, I can get it. So there's a there's a vintage John Letters putter on eBay right now for $12. Oh, wow. And if I were right-handed, that would go straight in my bag. Yeah, that's right. You, oh, that's too bad, man. You must have, I know guitars are slim pickings for you, but golf clubs must be even more. I, I would say that golf clubs are less slim than, than, than guitars. Like, because they, they tend to, they tend to offer like 40% of golf clubs. They also offer left-handed. You have to usually special order them. Whereas I feel like with guitars, it's like 20%. You can also get oh. left-handed if you're lucky. That's pretty good. Uh, okay, so there's nothing that we need to gather our funds and try to bid on, right? To collectively own it as the James Bonding podcast. Other than that menu? <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite episode of our show that you are looking forward to people oh. rehearing? Well, the, the Amanda Maria Casino Royale is a classic because <laughs> of really the in-a-well in discussion. I don't know. <laughs> that's a tough one to top. I also remember really enjoying the, the two-part drinking episode we did where we had people oh, over. Oh, sure. Yeah. The, dra the draft episodes were fun. Um, those were good, but those, uh, are good. those are those are it's a ways out for people because those are that's later in the run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? You know that in a well is probably the funniest discussion we've ever had, just because yeah. you couldn't write that. <laughs> you couldn't no. write that that mishearing. <laughs> and remember how long we went on the Spectre, uh, like um, publicity announcement, the press conference. <laughs> we really were starved for another Bond movie at that point, yeah. in a way that, like, I don't remember ever being. Even between Dalton and Brosnan and Brosnan and I mean, even between Brosnan and Craig, it was three years. 
Yeah, that was pretty quick. Yeah. And this one, it feels like it's going to be like five. I'm sure at least. And even it's- more when you think about it, because their movie's actually been done for almost three years, even though we've had right. it out for a year. Right. Yeah. That's wild. And I wonder yeah. too if they're going to do a situation where they're like, we don't, we don't open on streaming and like we'll only do theatrical. I they seem to feel that way. I hope that's the case. Did you hear John Williams said he would love to do a Bond score? That would be amazing. <laughs> would it be? It would just sound oh, like everything I, else. I don't care. Give it to me and hurry up. I know the guy looks good. He's doing the new indie movie, but come on, let's not let's not. <laughs> Dilly dally. Every time, every time, every time Bond is like silently stalking uh, the villain, it's just. That would be so easily. Yeah, it's so easily. You know what you do? You get Spielberg to direct and Williams to do the music. Oh, come on. Do you think. That'd be amazing. I don't think he is. He can't have any interest in that anymore, right? Well, th- it's interesting that he's not doing the new indie, so maybe there is a full circle sort of thing where he would do it. That would be incredible. Oh, he's not doing. He didn't do this Indiana Jones, huh? No, James Mangold did. Ah, he's executive producing, but he after Crystal Skull, he's probably like, I ain't gonna put my name on another <laughs> one. Of these. I, don't, I don't need this fucking. I don't need George's wild alien ideas. <laughs> <laughs> tells me that the plot of this one is probably even wilder i wonder it's very it's interesting to me that they're like we're gonna do this this fifth indiana jones movie and ignore his son (laughs) uh good question uh question mark question mark question mark i know there's a couple returning people from the franchise i won't say anything more than that I'm actually yes, pretty intrigued I, uh, because a you got nothing to lose after Crystal Skull. I don't think it could get much worse, um, and I don't even hate that movie as much as most people. But still, and James Mangold, I think, <laughs> does some pretty good films. So I'm I'm curious. I wonder, like, I don't know. I just <laughs> I just worry. I, I mean, I've been worrying. I've been worrying about the franchise for a while. Yeah, uh, but I do really worry about what version of Harrison Ford I'm getting in this movie. Oh, I'll tell you what version you're getting. The real old version. <laughs> yeah, so sure. How they're going to do, they have to deal with it. Like that has to be a centerpiece of the film. Otherwise it'd be crazy. I get it. An 80 year old, but like, do you think he'll come across as bored out of his fucking mind? No, I think he's in a new phase of, of appreciating that people like him in his age because he also when he came out for the Disney 23 the D23 thing mm-hmm. he was really seemed really passionate about it I think I actually think this and the Star Wars ones he's not been phoning it in no he was good he was good in uh, he was like a, a, one of a highlight of Rise of Skywalker I agree um, but also he was in the scene with the only other person trying in that franchise <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It was like on a blue screen. Oh my God. I just was like, this is so every, I would love to, I know we, we had talked about doing Indiana Jones, like of course. And, uh, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll use this feed and, and, and get rust back 
and we'll that's not a horrible idea yeah and we'll go through the before uh indy 5 comes out we'll hit them up right um yeah. but i do <laughs> i would love at some point to have a long long discussion with you in a podcast about the trilogy the this the sequel trilogy of star wars Oh, me too. I could do that. Because it's like, it is, to me, it's still a thing where I am so confused by every choice made. (laughs) Like, just like, and like, the fact that I was like reading, I had read at some point uh, not long ago that Kathleen Kennedy was, uh, and and Kathleen Kennedy, legendary. I mean, Mm -hmm. she produced every great movie I loved as a child. Yeah, and uh, I think it's very talented, but like the choices that that overseeing the franchise that she made, one of them being, <laughs> let's not do Galaxy's Edge as Tatooine. Let's let's set it up as this Black Spire outpost, and we'll set it between the two movies. Uh, yeah. Between uh, which one? Between. Was it between Jedi and Force Awakens? Or no, no, no it's, it's between it's Force Awakens between... and Last Jedi. Yeah, or is it Last Jedi? Whatever it is, whichever one it is, it's yeah. like such a micro right. timeline to be in. Yeah, <laughs> that you like now you go. I don't know if you've ridden the Rise of the Resistance. I did for the first time a couple weeks ago, and then I scammed my way in for a second ride. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, uh, what'd you think? It's a great ride. It is a great ride. It had been so overhyped and it wasn't like I was disappointed. I just, I, I really loved it. I had a great time. Um, but uh, there's something a little sterile about it, but my favorite part, the whole thing, my favorite part, and this was an unintended consequence of the ride is when there's a portion when you're in line and you almost get a little mini ride, a little ride hors d'oeuvre, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? The little mm-hmm, transport mm-hmm, shuttle. Mm-hmm. And when you yeah. come out of that, you're met by a Disney ride ops person who's not a performer, who's like, you know, one right. of the people that's like, how many in your party to blah, blah, blah. But they are yep. dressed like Imperial commanders and I think instructed to be a little cold and mean. But what's hilarious mm-hmm. is so they come in and they're very stern and they're barking orders at you, but they're still wearing a, you know, a Disney name tag that says Jason or, or <laughs> Cynthia or whatever. And Jason, Ontario, so California. <laughs> yes. So that killed me. And then to think, oh, wait, the parallels of the Disney Empire versus the Galactic First Order. Yeah, pretty, pretty Dude. spot on. I took Henry on it. Like, uh-huh. When did we go? Uh, it must have been August. Um, I took him on it, and once we got into the line uh, after the shuttle, we get on the Imperial Star Destroyer or whatever the hell it is. Who knows? Uh, we're in the hallway, and we've been told to line up. He looks at me, and he goes, are we in Disneyland anymore, or are we in space? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what do you think, bud? Do you think we're in space? And he goes, yeah. Wait, he thought they were like, he were really in space. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Because he's three. Oh he's three and a half. I mean, oh, he doesn't I love, know. See, that's when I love Disney. Cause exactly. The fact that you could transport a child's imagination like that is so So wonderful. I said to him, I said to him, what do you think, bud? Do you think we're in space? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, we're in space. Oh. <laughs> and then we went on the rest of the ride. He had a great time. That's a lovely moment. Oh my it really God. was. It really was. It oh. was very sweet. But it was also like, oh, my God. Like, the 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 part of your childhood that like can be shaped by Disney is like such a magical time. And it's also like why a lot of us as adults have like this weird nostalgia for Disneyland and world. And it's something that like you have to sort of, you have to embrace it. I think when you're in the park, you have to like ignore everything else and enjoy the bubble you're in. Yeah, I'm finding that's tougher and tougher because, well, we also went of when course. it was super hot, but the, the app system's really like, a, oh, it's, it feels like you're in a competition. It's so crowded, but but still, you know, Amanda and I have been working on this podcast that's a limited series for Amazon and Audible about working for theme parks, you know, mm-hmm. a lot to do with Disney. Yeah, yeah. That's coming out early next year. So we've gone to all the major theme parks and we've been talking to so many people. So it's just been on my brain. Like crazy it's been a lot of work but it's it's really fun hey wh- have you shown your your guy um any bond movies yet no because his attention span i've noticed about him is he has he's a real problem with second acts yeah i like, can see that he's like oh he, when everything starts to go bad be it for like goofy and his baseball bat yeah. breaks and it's like he wants to like go to the next thing <laughs> like not understanding that there's going to be a solution and yeah. it will be a rewarding conclusion to a thing. Uh, I'm forgetting how, how young he is too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But it's also like he uh, he doesn't like watching any adversity coming up against any of his beloved characters. I, and he watches I he watches it. three things. Like he watches Mickey Mouse, uh, Roadster Racers, Mixed Up Adventures, and Funhouse. There's three CG Mickey Mouse cartoon shows for preschool toddlers. And he is like obsessed with them. And Mm -hmm. he gets to watch them every night at five o'clock before dinner at five 30. And he's very specific. And I don't, I haven't figured it out yet. What the, what the pattern is, but sometimes he asks, he's like, he's like, Put on Funhouse, not the beginning, <laughs> which means he needs to skip the opening credits. I and see. then there are nights where he's like, put on Mixed Up Adventures from from beginning. And he wants to watch the theme song. And it's like, I'm just like, I can't, I haven't figured out yet. He's going to make, he's going to be a great Bond fan because, you know, he's going to be like, give me mm, diamonds are forever, but when they get to Circus Circus, give me blow up your pants to golden toilet paper. I want pigeon double take till they get into space. Um, I unfortunately have to, I can hear my child. No, go be a dad. Uh, but everyone thing I want to, Oh, I was just going to, I just want to say real quick. I don't know if you've seen slow horses. I've read the books and watched the first season on Apple TV. It's a kind of misfit spy story, but if you're looking for a bond sort of fun spy 
story. I really oh, liked it. Noted. Yeah. Gary Oldman, Olivia Cook oh, from the I do like a, I do like a Gary Oldman. Yeah, uh, oh, he's great in it. Well, Matt, I'm excited uh, that we get to re-release the Kraken, as they say. Yes. Re-release the Kraken. <laughs> uh, starting this Wednesday, October 5th, you'll have two episodes, episode zero and episode one in your feed. We'll hear, you'll get Dr. No, and they will release weekly from here on out. Come along on the journey for us. I'm sure we'll pop in from time to time time as best we can maybe that indiana jonesing it's not a bad idea that seems like what we might have to do everybody yeah we'll see rust where are you get in here he stays at my house i keep him in i'd like him to fall fall through the ceiling that would be now (laughs) (laughs) i'd like fall to arrive uh all right my friend james bonding will return stay subscribed bye James Bond Ding Podcast, James Bond Ding Podcast, James Bond Ding Podcast, James Bond Ding Podcast, Man and Man and James Bond Ding Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 